blood, the all-powerful God, all powers in heaven and on earth belongs to you. And it's a great privilege for us to be identified with you. Thank you for adopting us into your family. Thank you for your various investment upon our lives. Thank you for your deposit in our lives. Thank you for the great and mighty things you've done in our lives. Thank you for what you are doing right now in our lives. Thank you for what you will yet do. Glory be to your name forevermore in Jesus' name. Lord, this morning we have come to you, the God with whom we have to do. We ask that in your own marvelous ways, you will reach out to us in the name of Jesus. We ask that you will shine your light upon every dark areas of our lives. You will bring us to the place of illumination and enlightenment. You will make an impression so strong upon our lives such that we will become an expression of who you are in all entirety in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way this morning. Do that which only you can do. Let the name of Jesus be glorified. Blessed be your name forevermore. In Jesus' matchless name, we pray. Amen. Let the saint in the house shout hallelujah. If you are excited to be in the presence of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, give the Lord a shout of hallelujah. Let's jam our hands together as we take our seat in God's presence. God bless you. You are welcome in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you so excited about the rain? If you are excited, shout hallelujah. Amen. I told the ministers we were praying that when the rain was about starting, I was excited because I am aware of the number of people that have been praying that the rain should fall. Amen. And when the rain began to fall, I was very happy. Even though I know at some quarters, some people will feel, ah, why should the rain fall now? Excuse me, let the rain fall. Uh-huh, let the rain fall. Because uh, there are some people, they're already crying because of the rain that have not fallen. I, I passed through somebody's farm yesterday and I saw the maize almost becoming like onions. And I'm sure that man must have been on the news that God have mercy on me. You know? Because if rain doesn't fall, we're in trouble. It is when rain falls that bread is being given to the eater and seed to the sower. Anytime you see rain dropping from heaven, it's not only water that is dropping. There are blessings coming with it. And I pray in the name of Jesus, the rain that is falling will bring refreshment to every one of us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. If you're excited to be in God's presence, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. I'm so glad you made it to church. Open your Bible with to the book of Joel. Joel chapter 2, we are moving forward in the series on the power of value. And we are looking at the sixth verse, uh, the sixth part of it. Power of value part six. I'm going to read from verse 21 of Joel chapter 2. From verse 21 to verse 32. Joel chapter 2 from verse 21 to 32. If you are there, shout hallelujah. If you are not there, just look at the screen. It's already on the screen. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field. 
For the pastures of the wilderness do spring. For the, free, for the tree beareth our fruit. The fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God. For he had given you the former rain moderately. And it, becomes, and it becomes to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first months. And the floors shall be full of wheat, and the fat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust had eaten, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that I dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. And I am the Lord your God and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And upon also upon the servants and upon the handmaids, in those days will I pour out my spirit. And I will shew wonders in heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and the terrible day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem shall be deliverance, as the Lord had said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. In the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in our heart in the name of Jesus. Power of value part six. And this series we are going to be looking at prophecy and prophesy. Praise God. Prophecy and prophesy. Before I go on, let me just make a clarification here for those of us that are trying to understand what we are looking at this morning. Prophecy and prophesy, they might have the same alphabet and sound almost alike, but they mean two different things. When you hear the word prophecy, prophecy means that which has been said before it came to pass. I love the way the Yoruba actually calls it. Yoruba calls it asotele. Asotele. But I, I always love to add this to it. Asotele kotowasi mushe. Prophecy. Now, prophesy, on the other hand, is to say that which has already been said. To say that which has already been said before it comes to pass. Now you understand why I have to do it this way. 
You know, we've been talking about value as one of the major ways by which virtues can be unlocked. But at this particular junction, it's high time, it's important for us to know the God that we serve. We need to have an idea of the psychology or the thinking of God and how he gets things done. Because I'm sure there's nobody here that doesn't want God to do something for them. Everyone wants God to do something for them. And we need to understand how God gets things done and position ourselves to be able to experience God in our lives. God is a prophetic God. What do I mean by that? Before anything happens, before God does anything, the first thing is that God speaks. God speaks. When I was reading the book of Genesis, the book of creation, I discovered something which I want you to see this morning as we move on. In Genesis chapter 1, the Bible began by saying in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But you see, nobody knew how it did that until we got to the book of John chapter 1 verse 1. Because in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Was what Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. But when we go to John chapter 1 verse 1, the Bible says, in the beginning was the word. It means if the word appeared in the beginning and at the same time the beginning also began, it means that there wouldn't have been the beginning without the word. So we can say that the word of God began the beginning. And after that, the Bible says, there was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And when you go further, you find out that at every point in time of that we God create. And the Bible says, and God saw what he created, that it was good. And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good. For me, my thought was that when God said, let the herbs grow from the earth and the trees and as God was saying it the grasses just began to come out the trees began to come out that was the picture I used to have until God opened my eyes to see another twist to this because when you flip your Bible open to Genesis chapter 2 from verse 4 Genesis chapter 2 from verse 4. The Bible says, these are the generations. God had completed everything in Genesis chapter 1. He had even entered into his rest. But in Genesis chapter 2 from verse 4, the Bible says, these are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Verse 5. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth. And every herb of the field before it grew. Uh-uh. God had already said, let the herbs come out. And he saw it and he said it was good. But here he said, before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth. And there was not a man to till the ground. Why do God need a man to till the ground? Why will God need the rain to fall before the herbs will grow, before the trees will grow? He had already spoken his word in the beginning and all of these things, he saw them. That was when I realized that, that when God speaks and sees what he has said in the spirit, there's always a process that must follow for it to come to pass. 
He called them forth. God always speaks. That's why when you read further in that John chapter 1 from verse 1, he said, and the word was with God, and God was the word, the same was with God in the beginning. All things were made by him, and without him was nothing made that was made. It means that not, nothing can come to manifestation in anybody's life without the word of God. Without prophecy. In fact, the Bible is a book of prophecies. Words that God has spoken ahead of the people of what he has already done. This morning during the workers and ministers prayers meeting, I, I, we started thanking God for what he has done. Do you know why? When you read the Bible, don't read the Bible with the mindset that it's just about to happen. Read the mindset that it has happened before you came. All you need is to plug yourself into what has happened. Prophecies. In the book of Psalm 68 verse 11. Psalm 68 verse 11. The Bible says, the Lord gave the word. Oh, God gave the word. And great was the company of those that published it. Now you can see the prophecy being given by God. But the ones that published it are the ones that prophesied. Let me take us a little bit, memory lane, about the history of the church. There was a particular time in the history of the church called the Dark Ages. It was a very terrible time in the history of the church because at that particular point in time, no one heard from God anymore. The papacy of Rome have already taken over the religion of Christianity. And it was so interesting in those days that when you come to church, you have no rights to the Bible. They only anger Bible at the center of the church, anger dangling. And when you come to church, you just bow to it and you go and sit down. Nobody opens the Bible, so nobody knows what was in the book. And after that, the hundred years of darkness, light began to break out and different revolutions began to happen. And the first was the one that was led by Martin Luther Jr. His own was about, he was, he was, he was a monk. A monk is someone who has dedicated himself to the service of God. But so many things he was being told to do was difficult. Because in those days, they sell what we call indulgences. Indulgence. What does that mean? It means you buy, you know, the way they do uh, if, uh, this tariff. You can have different tickets. You will buy. When you kill somebody, you tear it and you burn it. Your sins are forgiven. Forgiven. Everything you commit, you tear. So you have as many at home. So any sin, that is how sins are being forgiven. Or if you don't have money to buy the indulgence, all you need to do is to kneel down and crawl from wherever you are to Rome because that is where God can forgive your sins. I'm sure you did not see all of that in your Bible. No one has access to the word of God. And this guy, one day, he had the opportunity because he was a monk. And he saw where the Bible says, the just shall live by faith. And that began a movement. 
Now, after that, it became obvious to people that the just shall live by faith. And people began to move, move with that. And it created a lot of rancor in the, in the power that be at that time. But it brought revolution to the church. And after that movement, all of a sudden, there was a movement of the Holy Spirit. Before that time, it was a taboo for you to pray in tongues. In fact, I remember the first black man that prayed in tongues. He was sent out of the church, Father Simon. You are praying in tongues, you are possessed. They sent him out of the church. So he went to a warehouse and was praying in tongues because you can't pray in tongues in the church. They said the Holy Spirit died with the apostles. I'm just telling you a story. And as soon as they began to pray in tongues, all of a sudden they realized that they are a gift of the Holy Spirit. And that was what began the Azusa Street Revival. There was a movement that people began to see supernatural. They've not seen it in a very long while. That somebody will be on the, on the keyboard and will be playing the keyboard. And all of a sudden, the power of God will hit him. He will be slain in the street and the keyboard will still continue to play itself. So many things began to happen. And as soon as that movement came, all of a sudden, men like John Wesley, Charles Wesley came and began to speak to the world about holiness. You've departed from God. And before you know what's happened, there was a healing movement. Men like Spiritual came on. Lester Somra came up. All of them started coming and they began to do so many things for God. And God knew it's not enough. And before you know what's happening, there was a faith movement. They began to realize what the faith of God's word was. I'm just telling you the various involvement. And from the faith movement, all of a sudden there was a prosperity movement. I mean, some of us who are conversant will know what I'm talking about. The faith movement came by men like Kenneth Egan. They began to talk to us about faith. And before you know, Kenneth Copeland came and began to talk to us about prosperity. And before you know it, someone like Bishop David Oko began to talk about prosperity. And this movement, but do you know something? Prophecy is the hallmark of the end time believer. Why? Because in the end time, what makes it unique and peculiar, it is because that is the culmination of all that God has said before the beginning of time. God is bringing so many things together and he wants them to happen at the same time this moment so that there can be a launching of the church to his eternal purposes in God which is to bear rule on behalf of Jesus. But you see, as powerful as these prophecies are, they are not Powerful on their own until it becomes a word on the lips of somebody. Most of the things you see in the Bible, they are not just there for you to read. They are for, there for you to read and to know and to speak. And to speak in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, God said to Joshua, this book of the law shall know what? Depart out of your mouth. You must be speaking them. Because when you speak God's word, what you are doing is you are prophesying. You are saying what God has said. And when you say what God has said, you will see what God has seen. Because before God speaks, he has seen something. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate during day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to that which is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Prophecies are meant to be prophesied. 
God took Ezekiel to the valley of the dry bone in Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37. From verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, they were very dry. And the Lord said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Now, why will God need Ezekiel? Why can't God prophesy on his own? He said to him, Hear ye the word of the Lord. Look at what God said to him. He said, Thus hear the Lord God unto these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live and I will lay sinews upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and you shall know that I am the Lord. Look at what Ezekiel, so I prophesied as I was commanded. God was speaking to Ezekiel, what should you say? Somebody will have said, when God was saying it, why didn't the bones begin to live? God was telling Ezekiel, speak. At least, Ezekiel must have been hearing God's word. So, nothing happened until Ezekiel repeated what God has said. Meaning that, it doesn't matter what God has said about your life. Until you say the same thing, nothing happens to you. Until you say what God has said about your life, nothing happens in your life. I have been around for a while. I found out that people say all kinds of things, but they don't say what God has said. And one of the reasons is that most people don't even know what God has said. And the Bible says, as I prophesied, there was a noise. Glory be to God. When God was speaking, there was no noise. And I'm going to tell you the reason. The reason is because when God made man, he delegated the authority on this earth to man. Until man says anything on earth, nothing happens here. God does not usurp the authority he has delegated. Say, as I live, hear the Lord, as you have spoken in my ears, so will I do unto you. I don't have money, you can never have money. Is that what he said? Ah, pastor, I don't want to deceive myself. The truth is that I don't really have money. There's no money in my purse. There's no money in my account. In fact, what I have in my account is 5000 God knew that there's no money in your pocket. That was why he told you, let the poor say, I am rich. Why? Because, you know, when you say you are poor, you remain poor. When you say you are rich, it doesn't matter what your pocket and pocket says, you will become rich. The power of creation lies in the world. Power of creation lies in the word. I was somewhere years ago to, in a meeting to preach. And a woman came with a picture of his son, a son rather. I said I should pray for this young man. I held the boy because he said he has become a vagabond, he has, he's misbehaving and all of that. I held the picture, I closed my eyes to pray. And God said, wait, ask her what she said against this boy. I said, man, 
what did you say against your son? He said, nothing, he's my son. I love him. I said, but I had God say, you said something against his life. What did he do? Why did you speak negatively against this boy's life? He said, I didn't say anything about him. Maybe, okay, okay. There was a time. Look at what happened to her. There was a time I gathered money for my business to go and buy goods in my shop. He went and stole the money. And I spoke, and I, and I spoke against him. You know, I'm an Egyptian woman. We don't always mean what we say. You gathered money to do business. Somebody stole it. Have you forgotten that there's an emotional outburst at that particular point in time that will fuel the fire whatever you prophesy? Brother, you might not know whatever comes out of your mind is a prophecy, either positive or negative. Bible says the power of life and death. Where does it lie? If you want to live, where will you live? It's your mouth that determines whether you will live or die. If I the day God told me symptoms is not synonymous to sickness, it is the name you call it that it becomes. It's only an idea for you to give it a name. And God brought all that He has created to Adam, and whatever name He gave them, that is the name they are on. It means that God does not want to interfere with whatever we say. Ah, when they go calling one of our president, get us state name that time. His name was Abacha. They call him Abacha. He messed up everything. Abacha. Abacha. I mean, say, is the way he behaves. Excuse me. God forbid. When somebody's name was called Jabez. Jabez, how can you look at your child and say his name is Jabez? No matter the circumstances and the guy's life was, that was why I loved Jacob. When his wife, who carried the idol from his father's house, her father's house, was about to give birth to a child, and the child was coming in pain, and he said, I'm going to name the boy Benoni, the son of my sorrow. Jacob said, shut up. This one is not Benoni. This one is Benjamin, the son of the right hand. Don't spoil my child destiny for me. I didn't mean it. There's nothing like I didn't mean it. The other says, whatever you say does not disappear. It hangs on the atmosphere of your life. And I have found out that the devil has manipulated circumstances and situations around us that makes us give names to certain situations without thinking. When your husband misbehaves, you say, You don't call situation the name they look like. You call the situation the name you want it to be. In the beginning, when God saw darkness, why do you think God did not say darkness? He knew that the man mentioned darkness, that tends remain. He saw darkness, but he called forth light. It doesn't matter what you see, say what you want to see. There was a noise. There was a shaking. The bones began to come together. And when I behold, the sin and the flesh came upon the flame, and the skin covered them above all. There was no breath in them. There was no breath in them. It is God that breathes breath of life on things. God wanted the situation to change. He would have gone ahead on his own. He wouldn't have needed Ezekiel for anything. But look at what the Lord said. Then said it unto me, prophesy unto the wind. 
And what the guy was to prophesy, who told him what to prophesy? God. Say, prophesy, son of man, say to the wind. Why didn't God say to the wind now? I mean, we should be asking questions when we're reading. Why should God, why can't God speak to the wind? He's the Lord of the wind. Why does he need a man to speak to the wind? He told the man, say to the wind. Thus hear the Lord. Uh -uh. Why can't God say wind? He said, thus hear the Lord. Oh, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon this land that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me. And the bread came into them, and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. I found out that every moment that I brought change and transformation to the life of men, I'm brought to pass by men who understood what God has said and have been bold enough to look away from whatever is happening to say what God has said. Most of the times, when you are meant to say what God is saying, circumstances and situation does not look like it. That's why in 2 Peter's, Second Peter, second epistle according to Apostle Peter. Second Peter, chapter 1, from verse 19. Second Peter, chapter 1, from verse 19 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto you do well that you take heed. Don't trivialize prophecies. You do well that you take it as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arises in our heart. It means that when prophecy comes, most of the time, it comes like a light that shines in a dark place. When there is darkness, you don't need to confess darkness, you need to speak the light. Dossier the Lord. God gave you dossier the Lord so that you can repeat dossier the Lord. The fountain of life that we are looking to draw from. It's not the one that is in the church. The fountain of life that God has given to every one of us to draw from is from our lips. You know, that's one of the reasons why most of the people who are into power of positive thinking and power of positive confession, they have gotten some result at certain levels, but when it begins to get into some deeper realms, they don't go further. Because they found out that the way a man speaks, most of the time determines what he sees. A man thinks and speaks and his thought and his speech defines his life. A lot of people today are complaining about this country. Complaining there's no money in Nigeria, there's no money in Nigeria. They see all manner of reasons. Excuse me, everybody sees what you are seeing. But do you know there's something you want to see? Why don't you say what you want to see and take your mind off what you are seeing? What do you want to see? And God has shown to us what we are meant to see. He said, the land has fallen unto you in pleasant places. Yea, you have a goodly heritage. Excuse me, why don't you take over your goodly heritage? The Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Then why are you afraid of the issues that are going on around the world? Some of your business. 
He said, you are seated together in the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. Why don't you sit in the physical and say, spiritually, I'm seated far above demons? Praise the Lord. Oh, you want to see yourself seated in the heavenly places before you know it's there, you are there. Excuse me, you are not going to walk by faith. You are going to be walking by sight. And God is not interested in that. I have never seen myself physically seated on the right hand of God over demons. But when the Bible says it, and I say it, I tell you, I see it. We need to begin to place value on what has been said. Prophecy. I was telling our, ourselves this morning that look, all you see in the Bible is not just going to be written. It has been written long before you came. So it's not just going to happen. You are only going to club, plug yourself into it to happen for you. It's not just being written. All you are seeing in the Bible. That's why many of the times when people look at some promises, they look too lofty to be real. Excuse me. No matter how lofty it looks, just always remember that it was not you that said it. It was the one that has the control over circumstances and situations of life that said it. Say, none shall want their mates. The day I saw none shall want my mate, I told every single brother and single sister, they are not just going to conceive your husband and your wife. Go and be praying for them. One day you will meet them. Oh, you worry yourself sick. No man is coming. No man is coming. Your husband is not just going to be conceived. He's somewhere on the face of the earth. The Bible says, none shall want their mate. That means as far as God is concerned, you have a husband. As far as God is concerned, you have a wife. Oh, where is she? You have not met. But when you pray for him, you pray for her. The day you meet, you will connect. Because God wants things to be restored. God wants order on earth. His item will begin to speak the word of God. Don't speak your own word. Speak what God has said. Prophesy. And he says to you, there are enough to be prophesied about in the Bible. There are enough scriptures. This morning when we were just thanking God, in, for example, Isaiah 45. Look at this, Isaiah 45. I just want you to allow your imagination to, to do some work now. Look at just what we thank God for. For example, Isaiah 45. It says, Thus said the Lord. Somebody said, God must have been talking to Cyrus. No. Cyrus is not the only one he's talking about. He decided to put something there so that you can put yourself there. Isaiah 45 said, Thus said the Lord unto his anointed to Cyrus, whose right hand I have holding to subdue nations before him. I will lose the loins of kings to open before him the two left gates and the gate shall not be shut. I will go before thee and make the crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gate of brass and cut in sunder the bars of iron. I will give you treasures of darkness, hidden riches of secret places, that you may know that I am the Lord, which, and which call thee by thy name, I am the God of Israel. Now, can you just remove Cyrus there and put your name there? And allow your imagination to play some, do some work today. The Lord says, I have holding your hand to subdue nations before thee. He's not saying, I will. What did he say? I have. So when you want to prophesy, how do you prophesy? 
The Lord says, I have holding your hand. And you want to repeat the same. How will you repeat it? The Lord has holding my right hand to subdue nations before me. Sir, when you speak like that, you will see yourself in charge of nations. Do you know why? You are not the one who said it. You only say what God said. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You are only saying what God said. C'est fini. He said, every place that the soul of your feet shall tread upon, that have I given to you. So when you get to a new terrain, what are you supposed to do? He said, every place that the soul of my feet shall tread upon, the Lord has given it to me. That was the first, that was what I did the first time I took a shot at a landed property. And in 2008, I was reading the book of Psalm, Psalm 24, verse 1, and I saw where the Bible says, the earth is the Lord, and the fullness thereof, the world and all that is in it. Interesting. How many of us have read that scripture before? And when I read it, all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit, you know, we spoke about the Holy Spirit last week. The Holy Spirit said to me, do you know who the owner of the world and all that is in it is? I said, God, of course. He said, who is it to you? Can I ask you, who is it to you? Is your what? Your dad. I love someone said, my dad. Good. And God now asked me a question. If he is truly your father, whatever your father owns, who owns it? Do I have a witness in the house? Who owns it? Ah. I say yes. But at the same time, my brain told me, how can I own it? If I go and take people land, would they not arrest me? Because every land must have owners. Go inside one forest. Go there and say there's nobody there. It's when you go there that you find that there's a human being that owns the place. And God said, I know that there's going to be another means of exchange so that you can assess it. But you must first accept the fact that whatever belongs to your father belongs to you. And he said, it's not only the world and all that. He said, but and all that is in it. Ah. He said, okay. So what should be your response? When God says to you, I own the whole earth, I own the whole world, all that is in it is in my own. What should be your response? I'm just, I'm just trying to work up some things in your mind. What should be your response? Have you realized that God owns all the land? You will, you will possess your inheritance. You will possess it spiritually and, and physically. So if you are going to possess it physically, what will you do? You begin to take steps to acquire. So that was what I did. So I got a severe and I told him, I need land. He said, how many plots? Plots in this whole matter. God said, the whole world, you are telling me plot. I don't need plot, though. I want acres. He said, like, how many acres? I said, one acre is this plot. I said, let's start with 300. 50 acres. The man looked at me. In fact, the way I was talking now, he was, I was putting my hand in my pocket. I didn't know my confidence was so much that the man thought I made money. He didn't know that 5,000 was not in my account. 5,000. And he went and called weeks after that I've seen a property that is big enough for what you want. Come and see it. 
excitingly, I followed his lead. Because of the way he was convinced of my confidence to purchase, he brought the owners to come and dialogue with me. And he brought two old men and one old woman, very old people. As soon as they saw me, the old woman was the one that looked at me and looked at me disdainfully. Ha! Huh? This small boy you brought. He said, who wants to buy the land, your father or your uncle? Because your mate should be talking about plots, not acres. That was almost how many years ago? 2008, that's over 12 or 13 years ago. I said the two of them, because I knew it was embarrassing me. So he was just angry. They gave me one amount. I negotiated. As I was negotiating, she asked, when are you even going to pay? This is what you are even saying, when do you want to pay? I said, very soon. Say, also, I said, very soon. And we left the discussion. They left and I left. After they left, I went back there. I said, God, the world is yours. The fullness thereof. All that is in it. This one is how many plots. If you say the world is my own, this small one, I take it in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm not sure it's up to six weeks after that. With all expenses paid, without borrowing a dime, we took over 20 acres of land. All expenses paid. You know what thrilled me and my wife? When we got to the place, I didn't even know. The fullness thereof, I didn't understand, though. It was when I got there, I got the bulldozer to come and clear. I didn't know what I wanted bulldozer to clear was money. It was the bulldozer operator that told me, okay, this thing, this is Masonia, this is, I said, to cut the long story short, the timber we fell returned the money we bought the land with. And I don't know the number of houses I built with timber I'm still failing from there till date. And on the land we met about 1,400 fruiting cocoa plantation. 50 orchard of oranges already fruiting. Plenty banana and oranges. I, I said, God, this thing is working. I would have asked for more. Why did I ask for this small one? The next one we we're going to get was 75. Another 10. Another 40. I think they're over 300 now. Excuse me. There are certain things you will never experience in life until you learn how to utilize what you have. This is the manual for life. Just say what is here. You don't need to shake your head. Just say what he said. He said it. And you are saying it. Someone say, if God says it, and you believe it, and you say the same thing, that settles it. But why we don't want to say what God has said? Because we are not sure it's going to come to pass. We are not sure. Brethren, prophecies are for you to prophesy. But when you don't value prophecy, you can never prophesy. Ah, when I see it written... It is written, oh Jesus. Some people always look at people who cast out demons and they thought, mm, no, 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 there's nothing anybody that cast out demons does that to say what is written. Because the devil knows what is written. He knows what is written, he said to the devil. So when you say what it is written, the devil knows there's nothing he can do against it. What is it that has been written? Look at the way the prophetic movement is being messed up now. Some people are just coming and they'll just give prophecy. 
There's a devil that is following you. That is their prophecy. Oh. The name of your dog is Bingo. That's your prophecy. The color of your car is black. That's their prophecy. And people say, Pastor, prophet, prophesy. Excuse me, you don't need any prophet to prophesy. The prophet has already given you the prophecy that you are meant to prophesy. Oh, pastor, is there anybody that is a prophet? Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. You are a prophet. Your sons and your daughters. If the, he has put it there that the prophet or the pastors or the evangelists or the apostles are the ones to prophesy, then there's a condition. But it says your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your sons shall see visions. Hmm. Meaning that you don't need to shake your head. Just look for a prophecy that fits your situation and begin to say it. It's a matter of time you will see what you are saying. Because all you have been saying before, you have been saying it now. Oh, you don't know. Sit down very well and see what, and just do a personal survey of your life. There is nothing you have seen today that you have not said before. Or probably somebody has said, that's why any word anybody has spoken and is working against your life today, you are going to nullify them. Because many times, when my children were growing up, uh, you know, that's why parents, you have to be very sensitive. Don't just allow anybody to just say anything to your life, to, to your life, to life with your children, and you're just like, is eh, their teacher. When I go pick my son in school, this one part, the one, that, that teacher, she's fond of just coming and say, and your fellow is stubborn. He said it the first time. I didn't really get, take it to her. Second time, ah, the third time I just said, Madam, come. My son is not stubborn. If you don't know how to manage him, he's a young boy with so much of strength. If you cannot give direction to his strength, don't use that word on my son again. He said, I'm sorry, sir. That was the last time he used that word. When you allow them to say your son is stubborn, your son is stubborn, that boy goes become stubborn. And I'm like, what, why is this boy stubborn? When they were saying he was stubborn, what did you say? What did you say? You were just smiling because it's your son's teacher. Ha. You know what is in the mouth of it. No word is even waste. Word don't die now. Look at what I'm saying now. Some of us, as I'm speaking, you are seeing a picture. Word is life. So if word is life, why should I now allow myself to say, hey, God forbid, that's not me. I'm an unfortunate person. Why am I so unfortunate? Some people just open their mind. Why am I so unfortunate? You are trying to appeal to your emotional feeling. Why are you so unfortunate? Why will you use such a word? You are not unfortunate, sir. You are not unfortunate. Don't let situation of life make you say what you are not. I don't know why I'm always failing. You are not failing. You are not the one that failed. It's that business that failed. You are not a failure. And listen to me, if you want to succeed, go and meet those who have succeeded. They will tell you the definition of success is failure plus failure plus failure plus failure is equal to success. Go and meet those who have failed, succeeded. And that's why I love John Maxwell when he wrote that book, Failing Forward. <laughs> you failed forward, temporary defeat. You didn't know how to do it well. That was why you failed. Go and learn how to do it. That's why the man, what's the name of this guy now that, that uh, Thomas Edison, when he was trying to do the light, he did it for almost about how many times now? Is it not 10,000 times? And they ask him, how many? You failed 9,999 times. And you stick. Why did you continue for this long? He said, I did not fail 9,999 times. I only learned 9,999 times of not to do it. How not to do it. So there's nothing like failure. You are only learning how not to. Oh. Do you know that's the way of psyching yourself? Somebody said, don't deceive yourself. It's better I deceive myself to reality. 
There's no money in my pocket. I say, I don't have money. I do my, oh, God, go put my hand in my pocket. I go advance. If now you know, you know what's in my pocket. If I've not eaten, will you know? I will rub my face with cream. My face will be shiny. When you are talking, I'm talking. Will you ask me, did you eat? My stomach, does it look like there's no food there? Is it not when you open my stomach that you know where there's no food? You are not laurels. You want them to pity. Say sorry. Say, we don't even know who we have offended. Ah, you are doing yourself. Do yourself. Don't try to, don't let anybody pity you. You are not meant to be pitied. You are meant to be celebrated. Tell yourself who you are. This is what God says about me. Nobody has permission to tell you who you are. Because God has not given your identity to anybody. This is where your identity is. Say what God has said. Sir, the only good thing you can do for yourself is to speak yourself into your destination. Talk yourself into your greatness. Talk yourself into your success. Let's learn from Daddy Joe. There is nothing you've ever seen in this redeemed Christian church of God that that man has never said. Now all of a sudden, one day we are going to see an auditorium that is as big as Ibadan. He has been saying it. He knows that consistency in saying what you believe is the key to seeing what you say. Don't stop saying it. I am rich. I'm rich. No money. Don't worry. Continue. One day you will see that you have passed the threshold of millions. You have become multimillionaire. Oh, by the word. Said by thy word you shall be condemned. By thy word you shall be justified. The power of life and death lies in the tongue. Whoever loves it will eat the fruit thereof. It means that who you are or you will become in life. It's not a function of circumstances and situation of life. It's a function of what you say about yourself regularly. So look at that, your son. And say you are not the black sheep of the family. In fact, it is through you that the name of the family will be known all over the world for good. And the boy will be looking at you. Because he's used to hearing your mobrukuri And you realize you are saying, the next time you say it, she will sit down. Say, this family will become great through me. Because every word you speak has a way of influencing the one who hears it. That's why some of you like us, we throw the caution to the wind. Growing up, that maybe they've said we are no nonsense boy. We are a crazy boy. So we decided to go crazy way, way. Because my mother doesn't know how to use word at all. She give you raw, beef, my bed. Uh, so why should I be boring myself? I'm now. You beat the boy, beat the boy, see all kind of things. One day the boy will say, you give me one cane, look at you. You give the other one your shoulder blade removed, you will put your hand down. You are the one. You are the one. Because so many of us, ask yourself, hear what they used, just try and, when you get back, sit down, remember some of the things you've had, they've called you when you were young. And see how those things played out in your life. That means, if it could play out in your life by what they say, you cannot say, say certain things that will play out in your own life too. That you, are, you see, when you get to the age of accountability, you have the choice to determine the path and the destiny of your life by what you have come to know about yourself. God says, I have chosen you and I've ordained you to bring forth fruit and that your fruit will abide. That whatsoever you ask of the Father in my name, you may give, receive it. Say you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation. Call forth to show forth the praises of he who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. It means he wants to showcase you to the world as a wonder. Say, behold, I and the children that the Lord my God has given to me, we are for signs and wonder. I am not an embarrassment by to creation. I'm not a disappointment of creation. 
I'm not even a mistake. I am a sign. I am a wonder. I am an amazement that my generation will see and say, what a man. This is a different man out of many men. It is not going to happen until I say it. Say what you want to see. And it's a matter of time. Your prophecies will become a reality. Shall we rise up on our feet? Prophesy, son of man. What will you say about yourself today? Prophesy, son of man. What will you prophesy? What has God said about you? Have you been struggling financially? The Bible says Jesus became poor. Ha! That you might be rich. Through his poverty. Excuse me, I'm not poor. He says, you have been failing the business. It has not been working. He says, whatever you lay your hands upon shall prosper. You say to yourself, as I go to work tomorrow and I lay my hands on my business, it must prosper. Oh, the devil says, you better don't deceive yourself. You are not anointed to speak the word. Tell the devil, I am not the one that was anointed. How God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And that same Jesus has given me his name to use. That are the mention of the name of Jesus. So my prosperity is not a function of what I do or who I am. It's a function of what Jesus has done and who he is. Tell the devil you know what you are saying. And he will just look at you and say, uh, okay. You know what it means? Okay, I leave you to your Igbagbo. In the name that is above every other name. Every word of God upon your lips. As you begin to prophesy now. I don't know what you want to prophesy. But I don't want to help anybody to prophesy. But if you know you don't know what to prophesy, I will help you a little by telling you some scriptures. But in a witness, lift up your voice and begin to speak. Whatever you know God has said, even if it's just one scripture you have known, and you love that scripture, you love what that scripture is saying, begin to personalize it about yourself. I like the one that says the line has fallen unto me in pleasant places. Yeah, I have a goodly heritage. Go ahead and begin to prophesy. Begin to prophesy over your life. Begin to prophesy over your husband. Prophesy over your wife. Prophesy over your children. Prophesy, I want you to prophesy. Prophesy, prophesy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, prophesy this morning. I have a word of prophecy for you, but prophesy. Say your own for say your own. Say it with understanding. Repeat it with confidence. 
What do you want to see as from this afternoon? What do you want to see? What do you want to see in the life of your children? Forget about whatever any doctor has said. What do you want to see? About the health of your husband, about the health of your wife, about the health of your children, about the finances of your marriage. What do you want to see? Prophesy! Lord, I thank you. Though my beginning be small, my latter hands shall greatly increase. <laughs> hey! Though my beginning be small, my latter hands shall greatly increase. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we prophesy. Now look at this prophecy. If you are not in this class, please don't take this prophecy. But if you are in this class, I want you to take it. Because it's so clear, the class that he's speaking to. In Isaiah chapter 54, Isaiah chapter 54 from verse 10, he's talking to a class of people. He says, for the mountains shall depart, and the hills be removed. But my kindness shall not depart from you. Neither shall my covenant of peace be removed, said the Lord, that have mercy on you. Now, who is he talking about? Oh, thou afflicted, tossed with tempest. You have been tossed to and fro, and you are not comforted. Things are happening contrary to you, and there's nothing to comfort you. Say, behold, I will lay your stones with fair colors. I will lay your foundations with sapphires. I will make your windows of agates and your gate of carbuncles and all your borders of pleasant stones and all your children shall be taught of the Lord and great shall be the peace of your children. In righteousness shall thou be established. You shall be far from oppression. You shall not fear. And from terror, for it shall not come near you. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by me. Whosoever shall gather together against you shall fall for your sake. Behold, I have created the smith that bloweth the coals and the fire, and that brinketh forth the instrument for his work. And I have created the waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servant of the Lord. And their righteousness is of me, said the Lord. How do we personalize this prophecy? Ah, How do we, how do we? Maybe we start from 12. My window shall be made of agates. My gate of carbuncle. 
My borders of pleasant stones. My children shall be taught of the Lord. Grace shall be the peace of my children. In righteousness shall I be established. I shall be far from oppression. I shall not fear. And from terror, it shall not come me. Amen. Behold, they shall surely gather together, but not by my God. Whosoever shall gather together against me, they shall fall for my sake. Behold, my father have created the smith that blew the coals in the fire, and that bringeth forth an instrument for his work, and have created that waster to destroy. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises against me, I condemn, for this is my heritage. Go ahead and begin to prophesy like that. Go ahead and begin to prophesy. Prophesy from the depth of your heart. Said your foundation shall be laid with pleasant stones. Meaning that poverty shall be far from you. Greatness shall be found within your borders. Kalada Boska. Le parata badabos. Radabalabalabaska. Take that, take that. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. I can see some of us that prophesy. Just say it. Say it. Professor, grace shall be the peace of my children. Say, shall your grace shall be called salvation. In righteousness, you will be established. Decree, I shall be far from oppression. For the remaining part of this year, I shall be far from oppression. I shall be far from terror, for it shall not come near my abode. Prophesy. In Job, please, I want to you, our brothers in media, please project Job chapter 22. Just go ahead and begin to prophesy. Job chapter 22, you go straight to verse 24. From 24, let us prophesy down. He said, thou shalt lay up gold. Hey, God is the one speaking. Thou shalt lay up gold as dust, and the gold of offer as the stones of the brook. Prophesy, I shall lay up gold as dust. As you sweep dust away, dust have a way of replacing itself. I shall lay up gold as dust. I shall no more lack money. I shall no more lack finances. Before one is exhausted, another one will come. Share the Lord. He says, verse 25, Yea, the Almighty God shall be your defense. Say, the Almighty God shall be my defense. The Almighty God shall defend me. Where I have no voice, God will speak for me. Where I have no one to fight for me, God will fight on my behalf. Prophet, I don't know what is happening in your place of work. I don't know the threatening. I don't know it's threatening to stop you. I don't know it's threatening to suck you. I want you to speak. The Lord shall be my defense. I 
and you shall have plenty of silver. Declare, I shall have plenty of silver. Brother, prophesy. I shall have plenty of silver. Then shall I have delight in the Almighty and shall lift up my face unto God. My prayer shall be heard and I will pay my vows by his grace. Pastor says, Thou shalt decree a thing. Pastor Thou shalt decree a thing. Thou shalt also decree a thing. Thou shalt also decree a thing. Are you decreeing a thing this morning? For thou shalt also decree a thing, and it shall be established unto thee. And light shall shine upon thy ways. Professor, light is shining upon my ways. I am no more living my life in confusion. I am no more stranded in life. I know the way to go. I know what to do. Hey, Verse 29, when men are cast down, that shall say there's a lifting up. I want you to begin to confess. There's a lifting up for me. In Nigeria, there's a lifting up for me. Prophesy. Brethren, there's an atmosphere you are creating here this morning. There's an atmosphere of power here. The word of God is in the atmosphere. The rain is falling. Decree, I am lifted above the economic upheaval. When my men are saying there's no money, I swim in the ocean of abundance. I am delivered. I am delivered. Says the part of the justice like a shining light that shineth brighter and brighter to the perfect day. Prophesy, my path is shining. On daily basis, I'm getting better. Had this to eat greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Whoever come against me shall be broken into pieces. Whoever I fall upon shall be crushed into powder. I want you to prophesy. I like the way some of us are walking and prophesy. Prophesy. Prophesy, prophesy. Make a decree. Ah. We must share our own. Situation is saying his own. Circumstances is saying their own. Economy is saying their own. I must say my own. And what I'm going to say is what my God has said. Said I will never be put to shame. I will never be disappointed. Oh, kabaradabalaba. Hey! Hey! I can see some of us, we can feel it. You are the one saying it, oh. Can you see how you are feeling? You are the one saying it, oh. You are the one saying it. It's as if it's God that is saying it to you. Say to yourself, become a prophet over your destiny today. Change that situation by yourself. Say, awake, awake, put on your strength, put on your beautiful garment. Oh, virgin daughter of Zion, awake.
Shake it up. It is your heritage. He said to the children of Israel, by the Red Sea, when they were crying to him, he said, why are you crying unto me? Moses said to the people, go forward, but stretch forth your hand and divide the Red Sea. Stretch forth your hand this morning and begin to divide every Red Sea. Decree, who are thou, O great mountain? Before the period, Alexander, thou shalt become a player. Every mountain of opposition standing along my way. Who are you to confront me? You are becoming a plane. Hey! Prophesy! Has anything died in your life? Has anything died in your life? Prophesy by the resurrection power. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwell in me, he that raised Christ from the dead will quicken my mortal body. Come alive! Come alive! Come alive! My business, come alive! My finances come alive by the resurrection power. By the resurrection power. Are you surrounded with darkness? Prophesy, let there be light. Are there enemies surrounding you? Are there enemies fighting you? The Bible says, uh, surely they shall gather. But because their God is not to me, say the Lord, as many of them that are gathered together against you, they shall fall. Prophesy the falling of all that have gathered against you. Prophesy. Prophesy. Professor, you are moving forward. I am going higher. I am breaking through every resistance. Hey! Change your story yourself today. Change your story yourself. Change your story yourself. You must not leave this church the way you came. Make sure you change everything you change, want to change. Whatever you don't like, prophesy them out of your life. Whatever you like, prophesy them into your life. Don't worry. Just speak the word. Don't forget the Lord says, as you have said in my ears, so will I do unto you. Prophesy. And as I prophesied, as he has commanded me, things began to happen. 
Things will begin to happen for you from today. Hey, things have started happening. He has started happening. I can see a turn around in your life. I can see everything turning around for you. Turning around in your marriage. Turning around in your finance. Glory be to God. Can you imagine you have been prophesying for almost 20 minutes now? Can you imagine you have been speaking for almost 20 minutes now? Can you see the power of prophecy? Can you see the power of prophecy? Hey! I am the head and not the tail. I am above and never beneath. I am the head and not the tail. I am above, I'm not beneath. Prophesy, change your location. Change your location. I am not the tail. I am not at the backside. I am a frontliner. No one can be me. No one can ever be me. I am a priceless monopoly. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I have been crowned by God with the crown of glory and honor. I am a king, I have a throne. And a throne, I have a jurisdiction. Jesus has made me a king. He has made me a priest. And I shall reign upon the earth. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I am a peculiar person. I am a holy nation. I have been comforted by God. Thou suffer the praises of you who has called me out of darkness into his marvelous light. He has not, he has chosen me and not dead me. That you should go and bring forth fruit and that my fruit may abide. That whatever I ask of the Father in my name, I might get it. I have abiding fruit. I am not barren. I am not fruitless. There shall be no more fruitlessness in my life. There shall be no more futile effort in my endeavors in the name of Jesus every seed I sow shall bring forth bountiful harvest I shall no more labor for other people to harvest I shall no more sow for other people to reap prophesy Prophesy. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prophesied. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prophesied. You don't believe it. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prophesied. I pray. Everything you have said about yourself, 
everything that we have decreed according to his word today none shall go to the ground without fulfillment in the mighty name of Jesus as your mouth has spoken it so shall it be in the name of Jesus the grace to start working in the circumspect of what you have prophesied concerning your life today to place value on prophecy. Receive it now in the name of Jesus. So when you go out there and they begin to talk about the economy of this country, you will say to them that it does not define me. That what defines me is the word of God. And the word of God didn't say I am poor. It says I am rich. As from today, the power to walk in the reality of that word of God concerning your life, receive it in the name of Jesus. His mouth has said it, and we believe it, and it is settled. Your health is settled. Your marriage is settled. Your home is settled. Everything concerning us is settled. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I want to see you laugh. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Laugh, laugh, laugh. It's a rain of laughter. It's a rain of laughter. Season of laughter. It is done. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. In Jesus' mighty name, we are laughing. Hallelujah.